Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus Today Members Podcast on Wednesday, 20th of December. We are closing in on Christmas. Just so you know, we will be going on Marcus Light next week after Christmas. So from Wednesday onwards after Boxing Day, we are on Marcus Light until January the 8th. Then we go on Marcus Mid-Strength. Henry's back in the middle of that week, and I will be back on Monday the 15th. Marcus Light involves an email in the morning, an email in the evening. Email in the morning will cover what the overseas markets have done overnight, and the end of day will cover what the markets have done during the day on the days that the market is open. The market is closed for Monday, closed for Tuesday next week. It is also closed on the 1st of January, and I've put a diary of holidays in the first half of next year in the newsletter's weekly diary. Australia Day, of course, January the 26th, and we have Easter 29th of March to the 1st of April, Anzac Day 25th of April. Henry and I will, of course, be watching from our iPads, and if there is any need to jump in before we get back proper, we will, of course, do so. As the strategy portfolio this year has shown us, in order to get the market right, in order as a market timing investor, green zone, following our strategy portfolio, in order to do that effectively, there are only a few decisions you need to make each year. And if one of those moments appears during the break, we will be back on. Hopefully, we will just continue in this rather comfortable bull market. You'll see our market closing in on an all-time high. I think we're less than 2% from our all-time high. Dow Jones and NASDAQ have hit all-time highs overnight. The S&P 500 is very close to it. We couldn't really have a better end to the year. Our market is now up 11.76% from the bottom. And the market bottomed at Halloween. Halloween was the trigger, up 11.76% since then. That was 37 days ago. If we keep going up at this rate, the market will go up 79% in 12 months I was going to say, clearly that isn't going to happen. It has happened before. I think the best 12-month period in the All Ordinaries since 1933 was up 80%, so it's not impossible. But it is unlikely the market's going to continue at this pace. If you look at our technical section today, the ASX 200's overbought, more overbought than it's been for three years. The first time it's been overbought since February. It is not a common occurrence. And as of this morning, again, if you read our technical section, you'll find that there are 96 stocks that are overbought in the All Ordinaries. BHP is about to hit an all-time high. Stocks on 52-week highs include Rio, Fortescue Metals, sorry, it's Fortescue Limited now, Wes Farmers, GMG, James Hardy, REA, Car Sales, JB Hi-Fi, Boral, GQG, which we hold in the ideas portfolio at the moment, and a lot of consumer discretionary stocks. The consumer discretionary sector has hit a 52-week high as well. Stocks like Breville, Super, Cheap Auto, ARB. This is actually something John Abernathy mentioned in my podcast with him the other day, that he felt that the consumer discretionary sector in Australia would perform well. He noted travel and auto, and that certainly seems to be happening at the moment. Overbought at the moment is the NASDAQ. 
ASX 200, Fortescue Metals, Cochlear, PME, Neuron Pharmaceuticals. Again, lots of stocks on a daily basis. The banks are overbought. Telecoms, consumer discretionary healthcare. In fact, almost every sector is overbought at the moment, including REITs, tech, resources, industrials. The market is doing 200 miles now with its hair on fire, and it didn't take long to start. Today, I have a quick look at some of the factors that are driving the market. Quickly, the most obvious thing is peak rates. The peak rates narrative is a seismic pivot point, has been a seismic pivot point, kicked off by that Fed meeting, and we bought the market the next day. So our portfolios have done fabulously. Since we've bought into the strategy portfolio, it's up 10.5%. So we've got more than an average year's return in 37 days there. So the peak rates narrative is so seismic, it seems that it's taking fund managers quite a long time to assess it and react to it. And the reactions involve big money. It suggests that there have been some significant asset allocation meetings in the ivory towers in New York and Singapore and the rest of the world. And big money's being moved around as a consequence. And that takes time. So we're still going up 37 days later. The other thing is FOMO. The higher it goes, the higher it goes. The higher it goes, the more a fund manager looks stupid if they don't do anything, the more they're incentivized to do something. And at turning points when markets or share prices move quickly, they do tend to become self-fulfilling. Big rallies feed rallies and big drops feed drops. We are seeing buying begetting buying at the moment. The other factor, I think, is that this rally has come just before the end of the year, two months before the end of the year. Everybody's asset allocation has been set over the last two years for higher rates, and the need to change them has come just before the year end. I know it's a half year end in Australia, but it's the financial year end in the US, and every fund manager is very aware of the way their funds are going to get frozen in time on December the 31st. At the close on December the 31st, every fund manager's portfolio gets frozen in time and its structure, its asset allocation, its holdings are used for all the annual reports and all the marketing. And there is this phenomenon of window dressing where fund managers make their funds look as clever as possible at the year end And it is clear in the last two months of the year, they've had to change a lot of things. So they're trying to get it done before the year end. So it looks right. There's no good going into this frozen moment with a portfolio set up for 2022 when it's clearly now 2024. So they are having to get on with it. Hence, I think also the reason this rally is a bit rushed Without the end of the year, it would be probably a bit more pedestrian. So we have this frozen moment coming up. The other small positives, there is speculation about rate cuts in Australia, despite the RBA minutes yesterday, which were a little bit hawkish. Capital Economics is in the AFR talking about interest rate cuts as early as May. The consensus is fourth quarter next year, but... It's better than the implication from Michelle Bullock's speech a couple of months ago, a couple of weeks ago, that they could be on hold for two years. So 
improving interest rate outlook in Australia, it seems, and the bond markets. Have a look at the bond market charts. The bond, bond market yields are still coming off. We also had the Bank of Japan didn't tighten policy on Monday. That was well received by the market. The risk was that they abandoned their yield curve control, but they've left it at 0% for the 10-year bond yield. So that, that was seen as a positive. And the other thing that's going on, there's suddenly a lot of M&A going on. Allchem's $10.6 billion merger has got shareholder approval. Origin spending... This is all this week. Origin spending $530 million increasing their stake in the UK retailer Octopus. Hancock and SQM upping their $1.6 billion bid for Azure Minerals. Lendlease selling $1.3 billion worth of assets to Stockland. CRH in the UK bidding $2 billion for Adbri. Mitsubishi Financial bidding $1.2 billion for Link Administration. Pacific Smiles being bid for by Genesis Capital $220 million. All this, by the way, suggests that brokers are on the phones to their corporate clients saying, the market's going up, you'd better get on with it. Whoever you want to bid for, you better bid for them now. Whatever deal you want to do, you better do it now. Following all this, of course, and following a rally in the market, the other thing brokers will be doing at the moment is talking to every corporate that's got a share price rise, saying if you want to raise capital, now's the time. So I think in January, you'll probably see a whole bunch of capital raisings going on thanks to the market rally. And can I just suggest all this is very good news for the finance industry, particularly brokers. One of the tricks I've missed, I've always said I should be able to trade one stock, Bell Financial Group, listed broker. I used to work for them. I understand the cycles for my own industry. And when we bought the market in November, I should have bought Bell Financial Group. It has gone on literally the same day, the day we bought the market, 1st of November. It has jumped from 92 cents to $1.37. I should have known. That's a 49% return so far. I sort of feel it's got away from me. But Point being, the finance industry, if the market's going to take off and as a consequence, we're going to see a lot more confidence, deals, IPOs, M&A, we're already seeing it. Anything related to funds management, finance, investment, banking, banking is going to do well. So Macquarie is going to do well. As you know, we bought Macquarie in our one stock portfolio back in November. It is one of the stock market stocks. If you want to know what the stock market stocks are, by the way, we have we have created the sector in our market map. You might have seen our brand new market map yesterday. Thank you very much, Oliver. Much clearer. But we've we've got a section called stock market, and top of the pops is Macquarie stocks like ASX, Computer Share, Net Wealth, MFG, which we've bought in our growth portfolio, Iris. Premium, Hub, a whole load of stocks in there. But the most obvious one is Macquarie. We might now see the ASX, which has been a terrible performer, start to recover. And as I say, I should have been buying BFG, which is one stock I know. There are plenty others as well. Perpetual, you'll notice, has been bid for. That's lifted some of the other fund managers. We bought GQG in our ideas portfolio. That's doing very nicely at the moment. So when it's when you're when it comes to spotting tides, there is a tide running with the stock market and stock market stocks at the moment. And Macquarie is leader of the gang. And as you know, we have bought Macquarie in the one stock portfolio. This portfolio is designed to 
Use one stock, Macquarie, which always outperforms the market when it goes up. Use one stock to beat the market and the market so far, since inception, this was this one stock portfolio was started in March this year. Since then, the ASX 200 is up 6% and the one stock portfolio in Macquarie, which has been in and out of Macquarie, it's been in cash three times, currently fully invested in Macquarie. That's been up 16.7%. So it is working. Our BHP only one stock portfolio is up 8% against the market, up 3.7% since inception on May the 3rd. Started a little bit later, that portfolio. So both of those beating the market. That's what we want to see. But despite all that noise, the question you have or we have at this point in time is when does this overbought situation end. As I say, most stocks overbought, ASX 200 overbought, NASDAQ overbought. When does it end? The market can't keep going up at this rate. Before I answer that question, a couple of points to make. One is this rally is quite encouraging for longer term investors. I don't think it's a moment. There's no point me guessing what it is, quite honestly, as I'll I'll come to. But Usually, turning points in markets or in stocks happen with a strong start. That can be at the top or the bottom. Starts with a sharp drop or trends start with sharp movements, sharp drop or sharp rise. We've seen a sharp rise in the markets and that hopefully, even though it's bound to peter out in the short term, hopefully starts a bigger trend and fingers crossed, although we could be saying something completely different in a couple of weeks time, but fingers crossed it starts a bull market for 2024. That's not a prediction, that's just a hope. So I don't think that there's any concern for investors at this point in time. I don't think we're about to see the big top. I don't think there's the ingredients aren't there for any sort of precipitous moment, barring an X factor of some sort. So longer term, this rally, even though it's bound to sober up at some point, this rally is potentially a really good start to a better trend next year. Again, I hope not a prediction. But in the short term, I think you have to have your finger on the trigger for doing a bit of selling. It's natural running into the end of the financial year in the US and running into the Christmas holiday as well that some of you, not necessarily fund managers, they don't do that, but there's a natural tendency for you to want to take a profit and disappear for a couple of weeks, not worry about the stock market. So I wouldn't put you off taking a profit from this overbought situation. But when it comes to timing that, I've got a story in my section today when all about are losing their heads. When do you sell? And the answer to that is in my section today. And there's a good story in there about the tech boom and how one of the advisors at Bell Securities very wisely, completely ignored it, kept saying it's all going to end in tears. He was absolutely right. Meanwhile, he missed one of, and for his clients, he missed one of the easiest money-making opportunities in the market in history. Just sat there doing no business, shaking his head whilst all his clients missed out on the tech boom. So the point being is you have to take advantage of the enthusiastic and irrational moments. Those market averages everyone quotes include all the irrational, exuberant, irrationally exuberant moments as well. So you have to participate them. When do you sell when all about losing their heads? Well, what you don't do is sit back and go, it'll end in tears. This is overpriced. That is overpriced. You don't sell because of that. You simply wait for the top. One of my 
or our members emailed this morning and mentioned a few things that they'd learned from Marcus today this year. And they described it as MT Kinder. Have they passed MT Kinder training? Yes, well, they have. But the MT Kinder training says a few things. They're all in my section today. Things like run with the herd when it's running. Watch the herd, don't be the herd. Wait for the top, don't predict it. When it comes, you need to be decisive. You'll never know for certain whether it's the top. You'll have to take a risk, which is the risk of not making more money. I think you can handle that. So when the moment appears, you have to be decisive. But the good news, good news is you don't really have to do anything. All you have to do is keep reading Marcus today. We will be all, all over this market when it tops in the short term and we'll be selling some of our trades. If you have a look at our trades table, by the way, we're doing fabulously there. I keep feeling when I wake up to the market going up, I keep feeling that, oh, we should be doing something else. I think we've done enough. I think the messages have been great this year. Our timing's been great. And whilst we don't have every stock in the market that's going up in our ideas portfolio, the messaging is there, has been there. Get stuck in on November the 1st was the message and it's a fabulous end to the year. We bought the CBA. Can you believe the CBA 48 days since we bought it? That, by the way, includes weekends. Is up 12.7%. When did you last make 12.7% trading the CBA? It is the quality bank. It's close to a record high. It's possibly the best income stock in the world. And yet, have a look at the research. The brokers have an average target price 18% below the current share price. They always have the CBA as a sell because it's always at a PE premium to the other banks. But there's a reason it's at a PE premium. It is the quality bank. And have a look at the chart in my section. Since 1992, if you index the banks and the ASX 200 to a value of 100, then since 1992, the CBA is up 10 times when the market is up about 3.5 times. And the other banks are up four times, two and a half times, and three times. So the CBA has massively outperformed all the other banks and the market. But if you had stuck with Macquarie, Macquarie is up 25 times since 1992. And that's why we have it as our one stock portfolio stock. Right, that'll about do it from me, I think. Sorry, getting a bit long-winded. Henry's got a great on-the-couch podcast with the CEO of Webit. Have a look at that today in the newsletter. On the stories front, just to do the informational bit, KMD Brands, old Catman do to you, down 10.6% today. Sales down 12.5% on last year. They've had a trading update today. Not a lot of other stories around. Lithium stocks still seeing a bit of a short squeeze. You've got Ioneer up 14.8%. Liontown up again, up 3.4%. Latin Resources up 12.8%. I don't know whether you saw that article on Livewire. In their stock picks for 2023, they asked a few people, including myself, for our stock picks for 2023. Mine was Latin Resources, and that was the best pick, up 155% on the year. Thank you very much. The $12 million man who tipped that to us at the end of last year. We made a bit of a fuss about it. Hopefully some of you bought it. Up 12.8% today. Core Lithium up 12.7% today. So it's all going on again in the hot end of town, Lithium. We're waiting for the ANZ AGM tomorrow. Not sure that's got anything to tell us particularly. Hopefully there's no reason for them to say anything negative. And then the only other release is 
The PCE price index, which is an inflation number, the Fed watch on Friday in the US. We will have a write-up of that on Saturday morning before we move to Marcus Light. You have a fabulous day. Oh, I haven't told you what the market's doing. We are up 39 at this point. We've been up 57. Dow futures down 17. NASDAQ futures up 12. Aussie dollar strong, 67.56. Bond yields all shaded a little bit, down one basis point. Everything going to plan. Love it when the plan comes together.